let me let me start off by this. Um, I'm not a tea drinker. I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh, as much as some other people that are more gifted and talented in this area. So I'm going to ask my wife to come on up here. Uh, my wife is a tea drinker. I'm not as much a tea drinker, so... No, because I'm more coffee than tea. You're more coffee than tea. Okay. Um, let, let me... Uh, can I get the microphone real quick? Because I, I need her to see this. Uh, give it up for my wife. She does everything in this church in so many ways. So I, I thought I'd refer to someone that's a little bit more skilled in this. Because I remember uh, when I started drinking tea, mostly because of my throat. You know, when you preach a lot... Uh, especially when my wife and I traveled full-time as evangelists, um, you know, I would be preaching four or five times, six times a week, sometimes more, right? And uh, so that takes a, that takes a, you, you, your throat takes a toll uh, on that kind of amount of preaching, especially if you're heavy preaching and, and you shout and scream and jump and I do a little bit of that sometimes, but yeah. I started getting into tea a little bit. And my wife started telling me uh, how to drink tea because there's a proper way to drink tea and a non-proper way to drink tea. Uh, first of all, you got to have your, your, your finger up like this, right? No, I'm kidding. Um, but what's the difference, uh, Alicia, if I had a, like a tea here, can I, if I poured some water in here and I put the tea in, uh, uh, you know, dip it once and then take it out and be like, I'm good. That's, that's, that's the tea I need. That's just hot water. That's just hot water. <laughs> Now, the difference between getting a, a, a little dip in there versus something that sits, yours has been sitting for a little while now. Yes, thank you, Rob, for my tea this morning. He helped, he helped hook me up because my 13-year-old didn't know how to put a tea bag in hot water for me. So We got to teach them this. We, we do. Teach them we need to teach them some basic So I things. noticed that even during worship, while you were leading here, I looked down and I saw this thing in here. Tell me the difference between me just dipping this thing once versus what you did there. You're not going to get the fullness of what the tea has to offer. The longer it sits, the more enhanced, the more flavorful. What if I it dip is. it twice cuz you know twice. Again, you just That's just a sad cup of tea. That right, wouldn't right, be that right. wouldn't be considered tea, right? Three three times. Nope. I dip it three times. Not I can't give you more than that. I mean, while your tea bag is in there, it's okay to to dunk it up and down, but let it stay. I see what you did with the Dunkin'. You work in the, 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 the coffee element, too. No. And when you can, just grab coffee. <laughs> but I noticed you said something interesting. You can't get the fullness. Of what it's supposed to be without it sitting. I, I dare say to you that the art of making good tea is allowing for it to sit. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. I think that there's a lesson to learn in a lot of things in life, right? That the longer it sits the more it becomes part of what it is that's sitting in it. And what it, was supposed, what it is supposed to be, the, the fullness of it. The creators of the tea didn't intend for you to dip it once. They intended for you to drop it in, leave it in, and allow that tea to become everything you created to be. Dare I say this, Leisha, to all of our people online, our wonderful people online, and all the people here, that in order for us as people of God to get the fullness of God would it be accurate to say that you need to dwell in his presence in the same way that tea bag should dwell inside of that cup absolutely and I think that that's where we're going with this message this morning what I really want us to see and give it up for my lovely wife and her wonderful drinks I expect you to juggle too by the way I want to bring a message entitled this morning, Abide, Dippers 
and dwellers. And I want to kind of bring how Jesus kind of portrayed this storyline of what I just talked to you about here this morning. Now, this is, this is a not prepared cup. But if I was to prepare this cup properly, I would put hot water. Because when you come into a service like this, I believe that it's almost like hot water. Right? It's, it's prepared for you. Most of us didn't have to do much. You just came in, sat down, waited for the countdown, waited for the service to start, and all these things. Look at me for a moment. I need you to hear this. Forget everything else. Forget everything that's happening before after the service. Listen to me right now. Unless you prepare your heart, when God's word comes in, if you have cold water in this thing and you dip it, it's going to be cold. It's going to be an idea of what it's supposed to be, but the hot water really brings out the best in this bag right here. Is that right? Am I accurate in saying that? So what I, what I really want us to understand here this morning illustratively is this, that if you prepare your heart coming into a service like this, if you prepare your heart asking God, Lord, whatever it is you want to put in my life, whatever it is you want to deposit in my life, I'm going to go ahead and get ready to put, you know, to, 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 for you to do what you need to do. But, but when God's word comes in and it just, it's ready to go and it hit, God's word is deposited in me and that freedom life person and wh- wherever it is that you, you find yourself today and, and God's word comes in, it's, it's not enough to have a Sunday. It, it's not enough to say, Okay, all right, all right, pastor. Sunday, Wednesday. There you go. Twice. I'm going to have a good cup of tea now. You would be you would be absolutely misinformed to think that the fullness of this bag here would be engulfed in this cup by Sunday and Wednesday. Still not going to be. But what happens when we decide Lord, I'm going to keep my heart ready for you. Come on, somebody. You're going to help me preach a little bit this morning? When, when you say, God, prepare my heart, may my heart be on fire for you. Lord, allow me to abide and allow your presence to abide in my life. So here's the difference. Scripture told us, and I want us to de- deal with this in John 15. Come on, everybody, grab your Bibles right now, right now. Grab your Bibles and turn to John 15. If you don't have a Bible, see us after service. We will give you one. If you do have one, you should have it with you. Let's turn the lights up just a hair. Let's get our, our people that maybe have physical. You have to turn pages, not tap and turn that way. But maybe you have pages. I want you to turn to John 15 for just a moment. Dwell in me. Two verses. I'm preaching two verses this morning. Now, I want us to understand something that as you turn to John 15, I want us to understand something. Jesus refers to this as fruit from a vine. Now, there's my parallel. Are you ready? I'm using, illustratively, I'm using tea and coffee, you know, tea and water, right? Coffee's not really in the mix here, but tea and water, but Jesus uses a different illustration and he talks about fruit from a vine. He talks about like what we consider grapes, right? Grapes. And he starts talking about how that grape 
is only able to live if it's connected to its source. You with me? If you with me, nod your head. Yeah? So allow me for a moment to transition to Jesus' term here. When we talk about fruit from a vine, that fruit is at its best and sourced when it's connected to that vine. So here's what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. That's what that means. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, you can do, say it with me, nothing. Father, bless your word today and let it pierce our hearts deeper than we ever imagined. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want us to look for a moment at this last verse, the last sentence of this verse. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. Some people ask me, Pastor Tony, what's the secret of living a Christian walk? I find it so hard. I find it so difficult. And I'm going to tell you it right now. And here it is. You ready? Abide. Abide. When you don't understand, abide. When you are trying to make heads or tails of God's will in your life, abide. What does that mean? Don't just say, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? I, nope, I really don't get it. I don't understand God's will for my life. He doesn't love me. Okay, all right. God, what am I supposed to do with my life and what is your will? Instead, if you don't understand God's will for your life, you have to understand that his will is found, secured in his presence. When you start realizing that abiding in him is where we find life's answers, then it's okay to dip as long as you abide. As long as you abide. I see some masterful movements by T people. They take it out and they do this. <laughs> Come on. That's a skill I haven't learned yet. I'm like, oh! in my hands. But some, some people want to get, I got to squeeze out the goodness. But we want a, a one-stop shop, microwavable, let's go, pop, stop, Jesus, drop. No, no, no. Okay, Lord, Sunday, Wednesday, pop, stop, Jesus, drop. No, it's the, it don't taste right. Why? Because there's some things that happen apart from this, you can do nothing. There's certain answers that only come from the presence 
of God. Now, I have this deep in my heart. I shared some of these thoughts with my leadership team a few weeks ago. Some weeks ago, I said, pray for me because in some weeks, when God releases me to preach this, I want to preach this. And the Lord made it clear this past week, preach this word right here. Dippers and dwellers. Abide in me. Dippers and dwellers. What is a dipper? What is a dweller? Uh, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but we understand in Jesus' perspective here, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know why? Because when you are pulling of yourself, you are your own source. If I was to have a batch of grapes, and I meant to get some grapes this morning to help my illustration here, but if I had a batch of grapes, right, and I was to have those grapes, did you know that those grapes are still taking their life from that vine? But the moment, watch this now, the moment I pull a grape off that vine, that grape is on its own. Yeah? That grape can only survive so long before it breaks down. Because it is self-sufficient. Jesus said, however, apart from me, you can do nothing. What does that mean? Is that Jesus discouraging you? No, that's not Jesus discouraging you. That's Jesus encouraging you to stay with him, to be connected to him, for him to be your source, if I may. Abide in me. Dwell in me. Because like the grapes on the vine, they find their source. But when you pull that grape off the vine, how many know it don't last too long? Eventually they become what? Grapes and raisins, right? That grapes become raisins and they become dried up and... And maybe, maybe they serve a purpose eventually, but it will never be like that grape again because it's apart from that vine. Now, if you pull that grape out when it's right, when it's ready to go and you pop one in your mouth, you're like, wow, that's amazing grape right there, right? Full of juice, full of flow because it came from its source. What Jesus is trying to say to each of us today is I am the vine, you're the branches. I am your support. I am your source. The problem with our world today is that they're like, God, I got this. I can be T without this. And so what they go, they go, okay, God, I'll give you something. How many know somebody? Okay, I'm not going to ask it that way. Okay. How many of you have ever heard it be said, I'm a Christian, but you know for a fact that that believer hasn't been in church and 18 plus years. Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, not, maybe not 18 years, 16 maybe. But they say, I have not. Well, my question is, where are you, what's your source then? I really, I really want to know what your source is because there's something about community. When I get around people of God and I get praying, I dwell among, in his presence among his people. There's something that I get in a room like this that's kind of like this. How many are with me? How many get what I'm saying? You, you come into the room, you're ready. God, what do you have for me this morning? And you start just getting into his presence. And this time is difficult because, we, you know, some of us, I can feel the room. I don't know if you know this, but we pray multiple times before you even walk into this room for you. We're praying at 8.30 here in this room. At 9 o'clock, we're praying in the war room. And then at 9.45, 9.50 around that, we're praying again. 
So before you even walk through the door, some of you walk in a little more past 10. You don't know it, but we're praying for you three times before you walked in the door. I challenge you, uh, we start at 10. But <laughs> I'm just kidding, but really I'm not. Um, <laughs> dwellers, dwellers, you don't even know. We're praying for you already. Why? Because one's not enough, two's not enough. We got to dwell in his presence. We want everything God has for you. We want the room to be fired up so that when God pours out and speaks to us, we're ready to receive all that is in there. You ever put a tea bag in cold water? I have. Not good. Not good at all. Doesn't do the job. Put it in a hot boiling water, that tea bag just. You ever had a warm grape? Not as good to me as a cold grape that just came off the vine. I'm challenging you today. Stay in the vine. Be in his presence. Understand that there are dippers and there are dwellers. So what am I talking about? When Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, you know what that means? Nothing of eternal value. Nothing that really makes sense in the long run. Nothing that really takes root for a long-term effect in your life. So while we look at Israel, Israel rejected Jesus. Jesus began to say this. Jesus wanted his own disciples when he's teaching this. In John 15, he's teaching this and he's saying he wanted his own disciples to understand that he, not Israel, he was the true vine. Stop looking at your heritage for where you get your identity. Israel was really good at this. Israel said, we're the people of God. God is always going to be with us. But we want nothing to do with God, but God is always with us. The, the, the simple fact is this. God says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. That, my friends, is called cause and effect. You dwell in him, and he will dwell in you. What we say, when we say, God, I want you to be a part of my life every day, not just Sundays. I want you to be a part of my life every day. And I'm telling you, if, this, if you make room for God in your life every day, in one way or another, God will open up the floodgates of favor in your life. Does that mean everything will be peaches? Does that mean everything will be roses? If anybody lied to you, let me retract, right? I apologize on their behalf because that doesn't mean everything goes perfect. I've had my, both my cars break down at the same time. Both of them had to be traded in at the same time. Both of them had to be repaired at the same time. Two toilets go bad at the same time. Everything happens in twos. I'm like double anointing, God. If everything happens in twos... I want double portion of your anointing then. Because if everything goes bad double, come on somebody, I want everything good to go double. So what does that mean? Does that mean I pray once? No, that means, you know what? I'm going to be a dweller. I'm going to be connected to the Father so that in his presence there's fullness of joy. Jesus talks about the vine 
and the branches and the fruit therein. When you're a dipper, let me talk about dipper versus dweller for a moment. When you're a dipper, you've got to make things happen. In other words, I'm going to pray and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision. When you dwell, you can pray and say, God, show me what you want me to do. A dipper says, I'm going to pray and I'm going to make a decision. But a dweller says, Lord, what do I need to do? I'm going to let just, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Let me sense you. Let me hear from heaven. How many know that God has not become mute? He still speaks to his people. Come on, I better get more than six amens on that one. How many know that God still speaks to his people? Okay, I'm feeling better about this now. Because he does. But we often say, God hasn't spoken to me. I ask you, are you dwelling? Are you taking time? Are you closing the world out? Are you fasting? What is fasting? Fasting is taking time to let God speak to you instead of the voices of this world that chitter-chatter and have your ear all the time. Because the world has your ear all the time. Hello? You with me? The world has your ear all the time. Some of you right now, the world has your ear. Right now, this very moment. Some of you online, the world has your ear. Something's distracted you. You don't even hear what I'm saying because you're distracted by something else. Can I, can I ask you right here, right now? Dwell. Be here. Let God speak to you. The dippers, one time. Dwellers, I want more of you. I want to sit in your presence. Dipper relies on self. Dwellers rely on the spirit. Are you with me? So four ways to become a dweller. Let me tell you four ways to become a dweller. And we have four of them up on the screen right now. Take a screenshot, whatever. But I'm going to walk through each one with you this morning very briefly. And I think it's going to be an incredible blessing to you. So let's look at these four ways to become a dweller. How do I get more into his presence? Well, first of all, we have to understand that there's no way we can get anywhere in God without prayer. Yes? Okay. So let me just right off the bat say that. There's no way we can get with God unless we decide to pray. Don't skirt around that. Prayer is essential. So we're going to pray four ways. The first way is this. Pray that God would sweeten the areas of your life that are bitter. Let's go to point number one. Pray that God would sweeten the areas of your life that are bitter. Why? Because bitterness will cause dissension in your spirit, man. It will, bitterness will cause you to forget your focus and rely on the flesh. Bitterness will move your focus and have you rely on your flesh. So when you ask God to sweeten the areas of your life that are bitter, you're saying, God, whatever it is that I'm going through, I'm going to go through it. But I'm going to be sweeter on the other end. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to be bitter on the other end. I realize that in my life, I, I'm ministering to people on a, on a daily, week to week. Some of them dealing with a lot of bitterness. Some of them dealing with a lot of unforgiveness. 
But I found the story interesting in Exodus chapter 22. If you have your Bibles, you can, you can turn there for a moment if you'd like. Exodus chapter 22, beginning in verse 55. Exodus Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That was why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are, we what are we to drink? Then Moses cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit or sweet to drink. Let me tell you this. Exodus, okay, Exodus is an interesting uh, book because we look at Moses. Now the references, I realize the references might be off here, but follow me for a moment. I promise you it's in Exodus, right? So listen to me for a moment. When Moses found that the, that the waters were bitter, look at me, the water was bitter, he decided to throw into the water, wood, right? That wood, I love the illustration there because what I find is that when you put the cross in any situation, it makes things that are bitter sweet. In our life as believers, when we find bitterness, come on somebody, when we find bitterness in our heart, when you add the element of the cross, it turns everything back into perspective. You with me? You turn everything back to perspective. So when we look at God, ask, we ask God, Lord, how can we turn our bitter hearts to you? How can we turn our bitter hearts to be sweet? We realize in our lives that, that bitter waters can turn sweet again if we add the element of promise in our lives. And you know what he did? He sent Jesus to give us life and hope. Amen? You with me? Look at me. Jesus wants your life not to be bitter, but to be sweet. That doesn't mean that you don't go through the trials. That doesn't mean that you don't go through situations. That doesn't mean that you don't... The wood, as an illustration here, is that cross Whenever I'm going through something that's hard in my life, I have to look to the cross. Father, you went through so much more than this. I can get through this. How many know that Jesus went through a lot on that cross, more so than when you went through trying to get the kids around for church this morning? How many ever like, how many of you like lost the presence of God trying to get your kids out the house? Come on, somebody. Yeah, well, like I started off real well until I had to get the kids out the door on time. Pastor Tony, that's why I wasn't here at 10. See, what happened was. Okay, I'll get off of that for a moment. But you realize what I'm saying? We have to add the element of the cross in our life sometimes to give us perspective. So pray that God would sweeten the areas of our life that are bitter, that are, that are angry. I don't want to live bitter. How many, how many truly you, how many... I have lived bitter in your life and feel better after being bitter. You're like, I, want to be, I just want to be a bitter person all the rest of my life. It's just really good. No, nobody's ever said I like to live bitter. Some people have chosen to live bitter, 
Because it's easy. Because you can play the pity game, right? You can play the pity game. Some people just are okay with man's idea of making you feel sorry for yourself than God's promises. So here's what I say to you. Pray that God will make the bitter areas of your life sweet again, even if you're going through the tough times. Amen? Sweeten this area of my life, Lord. I don't understand it, but I trust you. And it's built on trust, just like any relationship is. Number two, pray that God will still the waters that are in the midst of the storm. Now, we've been through a couple messages as of late dealing with storms, and I don't want to go into that too long. But Mark 4.39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the, then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Why? Because we have to pray that God will still the waters. Everybody say, still the waters. Still the waters that are in the midst of the storm. Now listen, Jesus doesn't stop all storms. Hear me. Jesus doesn't stop all storms. He doesn't stop them from coming. But he will be with you through those storms. He has said, I am with you even to the end of the age. And when this age reaches its end, hello? Anybody ever read the book of Revelation ever in your life? Ever? How many know that the end is written? It's been prophesied. It's all but done. It's Jesus has written the story out. John the Revelator scripted what the Holy Spirit gave him. The end is written out. We know the end of the story. Now, we can choose to ask God to still our hearts because we know the end. And as long as we, come on somebody, remain in him as dwellers, Hello, dwellers, not dippers. Dippers, they say, you know what? That's good enough. Do you want to live a good enough life? Or do you want to live a great, spirit-filled, spirit-initiated life? We want the latter, but we want to do it quickly. Lord, microwave. (laughs) Microwave Jesus. We want that instant Come on, somebody, one button push. How many have the popcorn button in your microwave? Some of you are like, I love this button. Somebody, how many wish you had a a Sunday afternoon button in your microwave? That you could just press that button, all of lunch is done. Can you imagine? Some days, Sundays, I come home and I'm like, Lord Jesus, I wish there was a button I could push. And all the meal is done. But no. You have to get in there, cook it, cut it up, boil it, turn on this, whatever it is you're going to do. You got to prepare it in the same way you have to prepare your heart when you get into the presence of God. Come on, somebody. Any cooks in the house? Any cooks in the house? Yeah? You have to prepare your food. You don't just like, it's just kind of like, hey, food, get ready. If that was the case, I'd be a great cook, man. Food, get ready. Yes, massa. Food doesn't prepare itself. You got to prepare it. Your heart doesn't prepare itself. Listen, your heart wants selfishness and fleshly things. But the presence of God doesn't come that quickly. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Okay. Number three, pray that God will steer the waters 
of favor in our direction. Amen? Say, Lord, steer the waters of favor. How many could use favor from heaven right now? Just right now. Favor from heaven. Yeah? Job interview. Right? You got something going on this week? Some of you. I know, Dan, you're in like full motorcycle ministry mode, right? Lord, give me favor because somebody's going to walk up to me and curse me out at some point. Lord, give me favor to just have the right words for that person, right? Brother, I appreciate what you do. Some of you need favor in your workplace. Some of you need favor in your home. Some of you need favor with finances. Lord, I, I got a vacation plan. I don't know how I'm going to, I got I to gotta think for him for the fall, and I don't even know how I'm going to do that. I'm going to say, you know what? We have a block party happening in August. There's a lot of favor we asked God for a long time ago, and we keep asking God for favor. Lord, give us favor with this official. Give us favor with the community. Give us favor because we decided that we're not going to stay in these four walls. Come on, somebody. We want favor, favor, favor. We want to love people right where they're at. And guess what? Not all of them are going to walk through these doors. You with me? So you can invite somebody, and they may come through these doors. But guess what? If they don't come, we go to them. Hello? Let me do that again, just in case you didn't get it. We invite them. Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. They don't, that's okay. We go to them. Because Jesus is coming back and there's no excuses. We have to be dwellers. We're the ones in his presence and we need God to show us how we can be a part of that. So pray that God will steal the waters. Proverbs 21, verse 1. In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. Lord, Let your presence channel through all those who please him. Let us be a channel. How many want to be a channel of love to our community? How many want to know the king so that when people talk to you, they go, you know, tell me more about this Jesus you're talking about. You know how we're going to do it? We're going to do it through face painting, through balloons, through handing out food, groceries. You know how we're going to do it? Through music, by loving people. We're going to just have a great time. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray that God's love will show up in that place. Amen? We're going to throw a party, a Holy Ghost party. We call it a block party for their purposes. But we know what it is. It's a Holy Ghost party. God's going to work and love people. When you start, when you start loving people with no expectations of them loving you back, you can't be let down. You know what we're going to do? We're going to love people. And whatever happens, happens. Because God didn't say love people, and if they love you back then you do it again. If they don't love you, then walk away. No, we're going to keep loving people until Jesus comes back in whatever way it takes. We were loving our kids. How many know the kids did an amazing job last week? Come on, somebody. How many love what the kids did? And all of our teachers, our VBS workers, I watched that online. I was like, that was adorable. I wish I was there. It's my favorite part, especially like there's always a kid that's like, And they're like, they, they don't care. They just, they're just glad to be on the stage, right? Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, Pastor's having too much fun with that. We love people right where they're at. So I challenge you this week. Grab a hold of one, two, ten of those and invite people. They don't come. They don't come. But invite them. A recent uh, Barna poll said that 80% of people, 
80% of people that don't go to church will go to church if somebody invited them. What's your excuse? Invite somebody. And if, you know what? I, I'm busy. I work on Sundays. That's okay. Look, Saturdays, right here. Saturday, we're going to have a block party. Hope to see you there. Free groceries. I, you can walk away with something in your hands. Last thought. Here it is. You ready? Pray that God will stir the waters of his anointing in our lives. Amen? Something happens when you dwell in his presence. His favor falls on you and his anointing. What is that anointing? How important is the anointing? The anointing breaks the yoke of the enemy. You can be really talented and not have an anointing. The anointing of God allows my words to become life to you. The anointing does that. Not my really good communicative skills. You can be really good at instruments. You can be really good at communication. You can be really good at artwork. But something happens when you're anointed to do it. When you're anointed, it breaks barriers that have never been broken. How many want God's anointing in your life? I want the giftings, but I want God's anointing. Come on, somebody. I don't want just to be good at something. I want God to be in what I'm doing. And let me tell you something about the musicians we have up here. They're not just good at what they do. They're God at what they do. What does that mean? They're gods? No, no, no. They rely on the Holy Spirit's presence to do whatever they can't fill. Fill the void that we can't fill without talent, God. But unless we have you, all we have is a gathering. 1 John 2.20 says this, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. What does that mean? When you get into the presence of God, God knows all things and he's going to reveal those things to you. There's an insider element that you can get in God that you can't get in the world. Now, let me ask you this question. Show of hands. And even online, give me a thumbs up if this ever happened to you. How many have ever got the ability to be backstage, whether at a play or a concert or some sort of backstage VIP action? Raise your hand if you've ever been backstage for anything in your life. Raise it high. Raise it high. You ever been backstage? Don't you feel privileged? Some of you got a lanyard. You're like, I got a lanyard. I'm, I'm VIP, just so you know. You see my lanyard? Hey, Dusty, I'm backstage. You don't get one of these. I have access like you don't. You get all up in it. Some of you are like, no, I've never been that carried away. Yes, you have. Yes, you, you just didn't show it like that. I'm just like, I'm just bringing it to the surface. That's the way you felt inside. I'm just showing you how it looked on the inside. On the outside, you were like, hi, how you doing? Good to see you. On the inside, you were like, <laughs> if I had suspenders, I'd pop them right now. Like, Who wears suspenders? Okay, never mind. What am I saying? Some of you are like, I don't know. I lost you a while ago. Here's what I'm saying. You have access backstage when you get into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the anointing of the Holy One. When that anointing, when you ask God, Lord, when you walk into this room and you ask God, Lord, 
I'm about to enter into worship. Help me to hear you. But if I don't hear you, I'm still going to worship you. So here I am, ready to receive. But if you come in here, option two. Are you ready? Option two. Lord, I'm here. Roll call. I'm here, Lord. (sighs) Whatever. I don't like this song. I'm not going to worship. Or let's see if this word is any good. Pastor Tony was away last week. Let's see if he's any better this week. It's all about you. But if you say, God, show me what I need to learn. How many know that y'all receive a lot more because you allow the Holy Spirit access? That's dwelling. That's dwelling, man. That's asking God. I may not be any better, but you're better at receiving. And allow God to let that happen. Amen? So I want us to close for a moment here with this thought. Would you just close your eyes all across this room? Come on, all across this room. Maybe you're at home right now. Just close your eyes for a moment right where you're at. And I want us to understand something that when you ask God, and you say, God, I want to abide in you. Come on, close your eyes for a moment. Just seal yourself out with the Lord. I want to abide in you, Lord. I want to recognize you. Because apart from you, I can do nothing. Abiding in him is only half the equation. The key is also that we remain in him. Remain and dwell in him. So that he could abide in us. Father, I pray a special prayer right now that your presence would allow us to see your goodness, to experience your presence in a deeper and more powerful way. Lord, if there's anything in me that denies you, Father, remove it right now. Remove it right now. Come on, right where you are. I I encourage you and I challenge you. Pray this prayer out loud with your mouth verbally say this with me say Jesus come on I want everyone even if you're online I want you to say this with me say Jesus I need you to sweeten a bitter heart sometimes I get bitter but I can't get better unless your Holy Spirit helps me Father Still the waters that are surrounding me. Father, steer your presence and give me favor. Father, stir the waters of your anointing that I may be anointed for your work. In Jesus' name. All across this room, stand with me right now. If you can, stand with me right now. Let me say this before we close with this song. I asked the team to close with the song. And I want to tell you this. The anointing reveals things to us that sometimes we don't want to hear. 
Amen? Some of you are like, I don't know that I want to say amen to that, but okay. It's true though, right? When you get in God's presence, there are times he reveals things to you, about you, that you don't want to know, but you need to know. Sometimes he calls us to walk things out. Abiding makes us dwellers. Abiding makes us people of faith. Abiding allows us to get rid of what is the old me and replacing it with the sweet presence of Jesus. So what we want to do today is give you a moment and a chance all across this room, and I want to encourage you, slide up out of your seat, join me here. If you're saying, I don't want to be a dipper, you know what a dipper is, right? Because um, I'll be going on vacation soon. I'm excited about it. Uh, But, you know, I learned a long time ago that there's two types of people when they go to a a, a pool. There are those that want to, I want to feel the water first. I want, oh, that's cold. I don't know now. I don't know that I want to go in. There's a dipper. The dippers. How many, raise your hand. Be honest. I'm going to view dippers. Let me feel the water. Let me scare myself before I jump in. That's what I call scare yourself, people. My wife, come on. My wife is laughing, right? Can I tell you who the dipper is in the household? Ooh, let me just wait here because somehow in the next three minutes, it's going to get warmer. Let me just, what? Acclimate? Is that what you call it? She used an SAT word to, to, to justify herself, but it's, it's a dipper. It's a dipper. She's a dipper. Where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to feel it because I just want to shock my body. If I get in the water, I will cannonball. Come on, somebody. You got the cannonball dwellers. Anybody cannonballers? I don't want to feel it. I just want to get in. Dippers and dwellers. Right? I want to acclimate myself. No, what you want to do is somehow scare yourself half to death so you don't have to get in. No, 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 no. I'm asking you to cannonball into his presence. It's very easy to scare yourself out of it because it's going to cost you a little something in the flesh. Eventually a lot of something, but that lot of something is worth it. How many know that there's a great exchange happening? When you give of yourself and God gives you whatever he gives you, how many know this? you always get the better end of that? You with me? So I'm asking you all across the street, come join me at the altar. I don't want to waste another moment of my time. Come join me. If you're saying, I don't want to be a dipper, I want to be a dweller. Alicia, lead us. I want to be a dweller. Let's pray. Come on, pray. God, sweeten the waters that are bitter. Stir, steer, and let it be something that moves the presence of God in my life.